Welcome, everybody. If you're listening to this, this is Culture Shock Therapy, the podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jane Provost, your head therapist in charge. And um, enjoy this little uh, style of introduction while you can, because um, I am thinking about making some changes to the program, uh, to the therapy aspect in particular. Um, it's been over a year since I started this show. Thank you to everyone who's stuck with the program through all the turns and twists. So um, changes are on the horizon. I don't know what it's going to look like, but it's going to involve people talking and me asking way too personal questions. So if you like that, you have nothing to worry about in the future. That's that's a staple. That's my, that's my bread and butter. Um, and I figure there's no one to ask personal questions with better then my dear friend Kate Shoemaker, who is a returning guest, welcome back to the show, Kate. You can, uh, I don't want to silence you. You're, you're free to speak. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Yeah, I'm really glad. This is um, a little behind the scenes. I unintentionally took a break from this show for all of summer. It just sort of started like, oh, I don't know if I want to release this right now. And then that just sort of went another week and oh I'll, I'll do it next week and then before you know it it's midway through august and here <laughs> we are um and that's exactly what today's episode is going to be about you know we like to talk about mental health D- did i say my name i said my name you said your name <laughs> i'm paranoid about missing that part and i said <laughs> your name okay we're good people <laughs> we know each other's names um but yeah today's episode is going to be about sort of like the burden of creativity and how like a lot of people who aren't naturally creative, I feel like um, they think creativity is like a stress relief. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, yeah, like, like nothing wrong with people who aren't like artistically, creatively minded, but they might be like, yeah, I like to doodle in my spare time. It helps my nerves or I like to yeah. write poems. But like if if it's all you think about and it's what you want to do. It truly is a burden, I think, and uh, we're going to talk about how, like, it's it's okay that we're not, um, like, you're not on the timeline you thought you'd be. Um, I, I've been thinking a lot about how, um, you know, getting older, things are changing, and how, like, what I, where I thought I'd be when I was um, 27 compared to, like, what, what, what the actual reality is. So, so we're going to talk about like expectations and stuff. Um, but I want to uh, address this first because Kate, this is like a very busy time for you. Speaking of like <laughs> creativity and, and, and like burdens, uh, do you want to tell the um, listeners a little bit about like why in particular things are very busy for you right now? So I'm getting married in October and planning a wedding is a, <laughs> a lot uh more than I guess I thought it would be um and then I'm in school on top of that trying to get my MFA in creative writing and then I'm also in post-production for our fiction podcast that you and I did together yeah there's a a lot a lot of pieces going at once um if you don't mind me asking when you were like say like 16 17 where did you imagine yourself at this age like and, and are certain things like oh yeah I kind of thought I'd be doing this or and are other things more like whoa what am I doing with my life because I, I around this when I was a teenager I thought when I was in my late 20s I'd be like 
a screenwriter and mm-hmm. um you know on on big sets and in like tv show writing rooms and like so many things have happened since then so i want to ask you um what were your like expectations when you were younger compared to um you're 25 right i am 25 yeah yeah to, to where you are now like uh what are the well are the when i when i was 16 i was very torn i didn't know i knew i wanted to write but I didn't know, like, okay, does that mean that I'm going to go out to, like, L.A. or New York or, like, Atlanta and do the screenwriting route? Because I desperately wanted to also t- somehow be on, like, a film and television set at that age. I still do, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I've always wanted to just, like, write novels and so I was like okay well maybe I'll go into like publishing and be in New York um I guess I never really pictured myself like remote work did not factor into my brain yet like the whole concept of being well I can live wherever and still do it I don't have to be in the hubs in order to actually be in the industry was not something I knew then (laughs) A little something called COVID nineteen changed our. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Have you seen? Uh, you've seen Bo Burnham's Inside, right? Love Bo Burnham. Yes. Yeah, it it reminds me of that song when he's talking about like how he was like ready to get back on the road, and then and then the pandemic shifted mm-hmm. his his mental health. And yeah, I I totally agree. I think when I was a high schooler, I, I also kind of envisioned LA as like a, a creative paradise. Yes. And you know, don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's, I still know people who are enjoying it over there and everything, but I've, uh, I've, I've gained perspective and yeah, you know, remote work is so, so popular now. Um, you're doing your, um, MFA remote, right? I am. Yeah. Which yeah. again, I didn't think, about at that age i thought i'd have to like be on campus somewhere did you did you like envision grad school for yourself or did you picture yourself just like going straight out into the field and like picking up well i thought i was gonna go straight out into the field but that involves a lot of luck and a lot of connections that i do not have (laughs) um so i thought okay i'll just continue the education get more experience and hopefully make some connections yeah, it um school is really weird because like you know I thought like when I was younger I thought okay after college that's it but we mm-hmm. live in a time right now to where like so many people are just like continuing schools and people who want to get like doctorate degrees they're gonna be in there for a while if you're mm-hmm. in, like med school whatever so yeah it's 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 a long longer process than I anticipated I I um definitely like commend you for like going back to school. Because I'm going to try and go back to school, um, like, this time next year I want to be in school. Nice. But I, I, I have been kind of, like, putting it off because I, um, yeah, like, being separated from college, I realize how, like, how much of, like, a not-college person I kind of am and how mm-hmm. I I like to kind of, like, make my own way sometimes, but at the same time the opportunities of grad school are just you, you, you can't deny it and and like you're saying mm-hmm. now i'm guessing you gained so much experience in your uh this, you're finishing your first year right uh, yes i'm finishing my first year um yeah. and yeah the learning the experience thing like 
so my my program is specifically um, like a master in fine arts for uh, popular fiction writing and publishing. So it's a lot of like studying genre and like what does it mean to be in a genre and um, what are the rules and how can you break them kind of a mindset. Uh, and then we started with like the history of different genres, but then we also do a lot of like what does it mean to be a publisher and um, to have an agent versus a publisher and uh, like marketing, like actual yeah. like novel marketing that I would never have thought that I would enjoy as much as I do. It's probably one of my favorite classes I've taken was the whole marketing one. Yeah. I, I, um, uh, I actually didn't know that you and you were enjoying that marketing class. Uh, Cause to me, like, as a creative person that that would be something that immediately i'm thinking like i'm not too into like the business side of things but it, it sounds like it's actually kind of exciting once you like get into it and yeah i was i was talking to uh rick who you know but my, my fiance about it and he was like well you love projects and you love an excuse to make a binder and okay. i was like yes because because a lot of the marketing assignments was like okay so you've been given a book and we had to like come up with a book concept and then we had to like make a whole calendar of what we thought would sell the book in terms of like social media um, posts. And yeah. we had to say like, oh, I'm only going to post on Instagram versus TikTok and why or TikTok and not Instagram. And then we would have to like come up with like pre marketing campaigns as in like oh if you buy the book now you'll get this fancy bookmark to go with it for free because you're on the pre-order list um and that like jazzes me up for some reason i like being able to think oh how do i sell this product right it's like uh brandon sanderson's thing is like uh it's like a uh, class a marketing how he got his fans to buy like multiple books that I don't, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if they're finished or if he's finishing them now, but it, 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 it all sounded like he was selling them on something that they didn't know about. And I think that was really fascinating. Yeah. Are you referring to the big post he made where he was like, by the way, during the pandemic, I wrote five yeah. books. <laughs> You're like, of yeah. course you did. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> Making us all look bad. Yeah. And like, yeah, he's, I've I, like not not to take away any um, of like his his amazing abilities as a storyteller, but he he definitely I feel like was at the right time in the right place mm -hmm. to, to do things and capturing people's attention. So yeah, um, but yeah, I I'm looking forward to learning about marketing. I mean, it kind of intimidates me because like you know I'm I'm in my late twenties now, and I I do feel like TikTok is for a generation pre like um like i think our sisters are around our younger sisters are around the same age and it's like mm -hmm. yeah it's i feel like they're more in tune with it like i'll talk to my um my sister and she'll she it's, it's just like seamless with her like it's just like yeah. whereas you know i go on and it's it I, something confuses me every time i go on i'm like why, why is this trending okay why are people doing this why are these tiktok's getting banned it's just it's just craziness so um yeah it's I, th I think that's really cool you're um learning like things that you didn't know you liked and now you see like oh this it's kind of nifty I, I'm, I'm digging this yeah and we in that same class we spent like two weeks just dissecting book talk 
And what is book talk? Exactly? Book talk is a spe- the specific part of TikTok where it's just oh. books and like the fan base of different books and like the trends of like, oh, this book made me cry. And then they'll like show you covers for like five books that made them cry. Like it's that sphere. And so we had to like kind of deep dive into that and we had to like pick specific influencers that we thought were doing a really good job and like talk about why we thought they were doing a really good job and it is interesting because like I, I currently work at a bookstore and we have a, a table like at this whole display that is literally just book talk books oh my it, gosh are you and serious it, yeah and it, oh. we have a big sign and it says book talk lovers whoa yeah, yeah I'm way behind like because I know one thing about TikTok is it's it's like it's all about the micro interests. Mm-hmm. So like my TikTok is like it's so specifically catered to what I like that I don't didn't even know book talk was uh, a thing. And now you're telling me uh-huh. it's so big to where the store you work at has a whole like they have a, a sign for it, right? Like yeah, yeah, a whole yeah. section just for you to go and go. I saw this on TikTok. It'll be here. This is um a little bit off topic, but I have noticed like. And this is a, a term I've, I've heard around social media, like the mommy porn, like books, like are kind of like a big thing now. Like they're, they're not like, it's not like, like a 50 shades of gray level, but they are like very like flirtatious, romantic kind of sexual books. And mm-hmm. um, how those, there's like, just like a huge market for that. I, I'm, I'm guessing that um, those are also popular on TikTok because um, you know, it's, it's kind of the trend I'm seeing less like, young adult uh mm-hmm. dystopian and now i'm seeing like like the, the love diaries the the, yep. the the love patient like like you know how did all, all, all this and i need to catch up because i've i haven't read too many of these books but yeah i i think it's really interesting that this uh this genre is making a comeback mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of like really popular romance or rom-com styled books that are just kind of we have, we have a whole section for those as well. <laughs> Do you have to like guard off like the ones that are like explicit? Like if they're if they're like sexual scenes, is there like I know there's not like a backroom probably, uh-huh. but um, are they separated from just like I guess like family friendly romance stories, or are they all kind of like mixed up? So we break it down in terms of like YA versus non. Mm. YA and there are general rules for YA of like how explicit you can be and it just kind of depends um so like if you go into our YA section it'll be divided into um horror and mystery thriller for YA and then we have historical fiction YA and then we have general fiction YA and then we have romance YA gotcha yeah <laughs> So many subgenres. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's more. There's like sci-fi, there's uh fantasy, those are two separate ones, and then we have um oh oh the genre that the Hunger Games was dystopian. dystopian? We have a yeah. whole dystopian section as well. Um so like, you know, doing these things such as like, you know, learning new things at the bookstore, learning the things about wedding management, um <laughs> Like, like the one of the big reasons I wanted to start this episode is like a problem I've had recently to where I'll have like a, a, a off day where I don't have to like necessarily work or do a project. And I, I kind of and it's like 
those days in my head are the days where I should finish writing a story or finish editing something. But like the, the, the longer time goes on, the more that like, I just do absolutely nothing with those days. And it's like, for some reason I can actually be more productive if I'm like, say like I have to work that day, but like, I want to finish editing something. I'll be able to probably edit it more than on my actual free day because on my free day, I'm think I'm so like overwhelmed with, oh, I gotta do this. I gotta catch up on this. I could I, I could watch an episode of this and then a podcast. Um, so yeah, it's it's it, it's become like really kind of like frustrating for me. Like you have this chunk of time where you can do something, but for some reason there are too many options. Do you, do you kind of like relate to this? I do. I've lately been having the feeling of like. I'm paralyzed. Like I'll, I'll not have work one day and I'll be like, Oh great. Okay. I don't have homework. I finished my homework for the week. So I, I can work on either editing the podcast or work on my novel or something. And I just sit, (laughs) I just like sit there and I don't do it. And I don't, I don't know what it is, but I call it like I I felt paralyzed because it's like, I have plenty of time in the day to do all that I want to do. And yet I'm like stuck and I can't do it. It was so, so much more simple in like high school and before, because I felt like you do school Monday through Friday and then, Mm -hmm. you know, the weekend is a weekend, but now it's, 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 it's so different. And often I'll be like, whenever we're trying to like schedule something, often our weekdays, a random weekday will be our free day. Meanwhile, Saturday's like the day from hell. So it's (laughs) like, it's like nothing's the same anymore, but yeah, I'm glad you also feel like that um, paralysis. Um, Yeah. So I I did want to talk about this because if you don't mind, just like if I bring up the, um, the YouTube channel, you've been uh, doing a lot of, behind the scenes like prep Mm -hmm. work for because you know I've also been trying to prep for a project myself and I just kind of like wanted to talk about that not necessarily fear but like the anticipation of releasing something new and how that's kind of a whole different burden like yeah I feel like the first time you put something out it's you kind of feel good just for doing it but like if you have already put stuff out putting something else out I feel like you you have to like raise your the standard for yourself. So I'm yes. like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this has to be really good if 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 I want to capture um, people's attention. But yeah, um, you you can not 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 to do like a promotion, but if you want, you can <laughs> tell the audience a little bit about what the YouTube channel is going to look like. Yeah, so I'm wanting to do uh, a whole YouTube channel where I deep dive. Can you hear that car? <laughs> Uh, for like a half a second. <laughs> okay, so I'm doing a YouTube channel where I'm I'm doing a deep dive into the horror genre, just because I adore anything to do with horror, and uh, the way I have it structured is I was like, well, I don't want to just do movies, I don't want to just do video games, so I was like, well, what do I like for a month slot? want the first week it be a video a horror video game that I'm reviewing or talking about a concept that I liked or and then the next week would be um a movie and then the next one would be a tv show and then the next one would be a book um and I think that really like opens me up to explore even the different subgenres within horror and um I kind of came up with the idea because I 
one, just have a lot to say <laughs> about the horror genre. And I thought, why not put it out there? Everybody else seems to be doing that. Um, but then my uh, master's professors were like, publishers and people in the book world really do like it when an author already has a bit of a platform, right? Like it's, it's better and probably going to be better for them in order to like sell the book that they're wanting to release. And so um, we were talking about personal marketing and that's when I was like, okay, well I write horror. So Mm. it makes sense that I would have a horror channel um, and I have the tools to do so. So I thought, okay, I'll do that. But (laughs) I, that's one of the things that I'm feeling very paralyzed about because there's like this weird pressure of like, I want it to be held to a certain standard, even though I've never done this before. Like I've done independent film work, but I've never done a YouTube video, which I think are two very different things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, um, since we're on like the topic of YouTube, like, I feel like it's, you know, there's like thousands of of self-help guides and like all sort of like Reddit posts about how to get your your YouTube channel started. But like, it's, there's such like a big divide in between like, um, uh, is there like a, a, like a horror channel you follow right now? That's like, or, or. Uh, yeah, it's more TikTok, but I really like, um, books in the freezer. Yeah. Books in, uh, and how many, how many like followers are, is it like in the hundreds of thousands more than that? Or probably hundreds of thousands. I could check if you yeah, want. Yeah, you, you can check. Um, and I'm asking cause like, it can be extremely daunting when you're, you know, you press like submit or publish or whatever on that first thing and knowing that it's going to be at like zero listen, zero views at, at some Okay, so I found, so Books in the Freezer is what it's called. And on TikTok, they have uh, 46.1K. And then on Instagram, they have 5,653 followers. So like, you know, looking from your perspective and that moment where it's it's like, it's going to be like zero views, except obviously I will fix that. So it'll be uh, (laughs) first comment. But... um, (laughs) It's just like I feel like we rarely see the journey from like zero views to hundreds of thousands of subscribers. It's like, yeah, and obviously it didn't happen overnight for them, but it it looks that way because when mm-hmm. we find them, they're already popular. So it's like, it's 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 very. Um, and then also like it it's, I won't say discouraging, but it's like it's very it brings you down to earth when like one of your favorite content creators will be like. Yeah, um, if I have advice for new content creators, it's it's like just do it to have fun, and also I'm where I am because of like circumstance and and just things kind of happen the right way, and like um, you know, I'll, I'll, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say it's the truth. I mean, yeah, like yeah. It, it hurts to hear that because you're like, yeah. well, I don't think I'm gonna have that luck, but yeah, it's the and reality I feel like, of it. Um, I'm as like someone who's an, an anxious about like thinking about the future. One of the most frustrating things is that you can't like quantify things like luck or mm-hmm. uh, connections because yes. they just happen. And it's, it's very hard just to like relinquish yourself to, to life and all that it brings because it's like, I also see people who are kind of like 
waiting for their moment and like the years go by and nothing happens so it's like you have to like find a middle ground um mm-hmm. i guess but yeah it's um i, I i'm just like and, you know obviously for, for for like some people listening there's going to be a big portion who are like just do it just like publish it now <laughs> don't care about the quality but like i definitely feel like that's easier said than done especially um because i, I feel like we both have like anxiety about these projects we yeah. you know we want it to be quality we want it to represent ourselves and you know um i want to at least like transition to a point in time where i don't have to like work a job that i don't like and i can yes. sort of like do this stuff like even like part-time full-time whatever mm-hmm. and um yeah it's 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 very i feel like it's a big kind of like thrusting you out into the wild when it's like okay high school you have grades are numbered like first grade to 12th grade that that's you know mm-hmm. uh elementary school to high school and then college there's freshman sophomore junior senior and then like once you're finished with like school there's no there's no more uh steps there's no more like procedure to do this thing you do this thing you do this it's just like free falling yeah exactly <laughs> and it's like I know some people who are like they accidentally got like famous from like a TikTok they didn't care about, and then I know other people who are like really struggling right now, and it's just yeah. like yeah, like you said, it's it's like free falling. How how do you feel about free falling? Do you feel like you're starting to like get more because you've been out of school for a couple years, so uh-huh. do you feel like you're kind of getting the hang of it? Uh yes and no, and I think a lot of it actually just like for me personally, it, it's it's a battle with me and my OCD. Um, I've mentioned it in the last time I was on, but I have obsessive compulsive disorder. And a lot of that is just like the fear of uncertainty. Like I have to have answers for everything. Yeah. (laughs) But the thing is like, there is no answer (laughs) to just living. Like it's just, just got to do it and see what happens. And I hate it. Um, And so I've been working on trying to just, just be and also figure out what do I enjoy? Like what, what actually like makes me feel good and not worry about it, which is so hard. And I think that's the whole issue with these projects is because so much of it is in my head and what I do to myself that's holding me back for whatever reason. Cause like, I know that I have to start somewhere, so I might as well start. But yeah. yet I panic and automatically assume that I'm going to fail or not be good enough. And so it becomes this like self-fulfilling prophecy where I fail by default because I won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And like people like there, there's a very like it's I don't know if it's a I, I hear people who like don't put stuff out and sometimes they'll be like, well, technically you cannot fail if you don't put yourself out there in the first place like and on the opposite side of that you cannot succeed if you don't put yourself out there so yeah i i i totally know what you mean it's it's um in particular with you you're doing like um, a horror theme project and it's something you really care about mm-hmm. and are passionate about so you really want it to represent you you don't want to put something out there and then you know especially like since it's the first um you know, like launching of your channel, you want to have like a good start because. Yeah. And that's something I've also been tricky with. Cause I, I'm not sure what the first 
quote unquote video should be and when the right time to release it is because I have all these ideas. Like I want to do a video on why my bachelorette party was final girl themed. And I want to do a whole month where I talk about the final girl, but in different mediums, like a video game book, uh, movie TV show and how the whole concept of final girl has evolved. And so I'm like, well, should that be it? And then I'm like, well, I'm getting married in October and that's like spooky Halloween season. And so I could go into Halloween stuff, but I'm also like, there's a lot of stuff you can do with wedding theme and horror too. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, I have too many ideas, which also is a problem. Yeah. I, I actually like, um, let me ask you, did you have ever at one point think about putting out like wedding planning content? Like, um, vlog journalism style like okay planning stage month three here's what we're doing uh today we're looking at rings or has this always been more of a slightly more private uh type of situation for you i would totally do it if it was something that others would think was helpful like for me i almost wish there was something a little more like that that i could have watched because there's just parts of the wedding planning process, because we're having a very traditional wedding, that I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but I don't know if people would enjoy watching my wedding and my process for yeah. my wedding. Yeah, um, I asked because my sister, she she used to be a content creator, and she like solely focused her at one point her content on the fact that like she was going to get married and then uh, like go to law school with, with her husband and all that. Mm -hmm. But then she told me like, and um, her website was called lawfully wedded wife. But then she said like, at a certain point it's like, okay, I'm not in law school anymore. The, the wedding is over. And she, she oh, had trouble like kind of like transitioning after. Yeah. So it's, and um, I know I've never planned a wedding. Uh, so I do want to ask like, um, has this it do you do you view like wedding planning as sort of like a form of creativity for you like have you been able to sort of like use that part of your uh right brain i think it is um, <laughs> to like um or is it easier for you to view it more as like not business but like mm -hmm. something more serious i guess so what, i think it's a bit of, i think it's a bit of both um but i will say it goes back to what Rick was saying that I love a good project <laughs> and no. I love any excuse to have a binder and, and I love a good theme and I do love throwing parties. Like I think in a different life, I would have been a party planner. <laughs> um, and that's essentially what a wedding is. It's just a big party yeah, with all your favorite people on the planet to celebrate your love. So yeah. it has been, it has been fun. It's just, it's the whole like, timeline of it that's a bit overwhelming and there's so many different moving pieces and also this just happens to be one of the biggest wedding seasons in i think someone told me 25 years because the Are pandemic. You oh my god yeah, because, because so many weddings were either canceled or postponed until now because things are opening back up and so like i there's just certain things that like i had to hop on it as soon as i got engaged or I wouldn't have been able to have like booked something in my area because it was just so in demand. Could you um, talk a little bit about like um, some of the things people don't talk about in wedding planning? Because like, you know, you mentioned the, how it's what, and like, I didn't know it was wedding season. Cause I picture, 
October, uh, October, November, like those months, you're 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 good. They're, no, no one's gonna get married except in like Vegas or somewhere like that or, or destination. <laughs> but, but you're telling me like it's very popular. So were there any other like is is there any competition for like okay this church has bookings this day catering is do, like. Has there been a little bit of hustle for you in the process? Uh, there has, but in particular, there's been hustle for um, the like beauty part of it. Like in order to find a makeup artist, because I wanted to have a makeup artist do my makeup, that was a big challenge. I kept reaching out to people and even like independent people um, in the area instead of like some like bigger chain thing. And they kept having to be like, I'm so sorry, but I'm booked up for the entire year. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. Um, <laughs> it's insane right now. Everybody's getting married. <laughs> yeah. I need to I need to uh, become a makeup expert. That sounds yeah. like, like if you're booked up for the entire year, that's that's pretty Yeah, oh my gosh. Um to me like in my head, I don't know why, but catering has always because like I go to these weddings and it's like you know, you have the option of like this or that and, and everyone's eating. And it's like, to me, that always looked like a, a daunting task. Has has uh, that been like somewhat intimidating or has that actually gone smoothly for you? Um, It's gone smoothly just because we we picked um, a local restaurant that has um, worked actually with our venue, I think, before, which is super helpful. But I, I do worry just because there's so many different like diet restrictions and allergies and i yeah. just i want everyone to be safe and enjoy yeah. themselves so like i don't that's my main worry like and my mom keeps telling me well it's your day and i'm like yeah. but i'm i'm just the face i'm also yeah. like the one that people are wanting to have a good time uh and they'll talk to me if they don't <laughs> um are there certain things like um because you've got I mean, you, you know the you know the timeline better than me, but like, are there certain things towards like the the couple months before that are like really intense, or is most of the busy work out of the way at this point? So, a lot of the busy work is out of the way. I will say, I kind of lucked out in that the venue um, we're getting married in an old quarry. Um, the venue came with a team. That was like, Whoa. yeah, we'll make a calendar for you and we'll make phone calls for you if you want. We'll be as hands-on or hands-off as you want with you, um, which is super helpful um, just because they would tell us like, okay, this is around the time when you would book the caterer. And so I'd start making phone calls. Um, but I don't know. Like right now, our big thing is we're trying to get the invitations out. Um and invitations <laughs> stationary has just like gone way up. Like I remember when I would make yeah. invitations for like my birthday parties growing up and they were just like little basic invitations, but now they like fold out like a map and you can have like a wax seal and you can have like custom art and it's all so pretty, but it's so many steps and it takes a while. <laughs> are you, um, are you also doing honeymoon planning? Yes, uh, that's what actually what we're working on right now. And that 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 can be tricky, again, just because the pandemic, because airfare is so hit or miss right now. And yeah. there's always the chance that they'll just straight up cancel your flight. 
because that's I'm what's like, going has, has that been happening lately? I, yes. I don't fly too much. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do imagine like honeymoon planning is if might feel like a different kind of responsibility than wedding because it's like, okay, th these people aren't here. I don't have to worry <laughs> about like my second cousin, like twice removed, peanut allergy, like, like, yeah, you know, in, in in a certain day, like, I feel like the honeymoon is like, especially like, like your day, your your week, your your weekends, whatever, uh -huh. because um, you get to focus on like y'all's enjoyment. So yes, um, I hope the the honeymoon planning is 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 going uh really well. Are there any um unexpected things about honeymoon planning? Uh, because like, I feel like there's like a movie version of it yeah. and then there's like stories you actually hear. Um, yeah. So we're, we're really lucky in that, um, my fiance's parents are paying for our honeymoon, which is a huge relief off of us because everything is just so expensive. Yeah. Um, but I know like originally, um, Rick really wanted to go to Hawaii. Uh, and then I read somewhere that Hawaiians are like, please don't. We were having shortages on so many things. Yeah. I, I, I read about. Please don't come. <laughs> there's, there's all kinds of stuff going on in Hawaii right now. Yeah. And so I was oh. like, we're not going to Hawaii. Yeah. And so. Good uh, for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we pivoted and uh, we're trying to think, okay, so yeah, there's like the whole stereotype of like a, a, a honeymoon needs to be this big like island tropical getaway. And we were trying to figure out what does that look like for us? And Rick and I both really like to hike and like be active. And so we were trying to figure out, well, how can we do that and where? Um, so we're still doing an island. But it's not. So you don't you don't want to like completely just like veg out for like fourteen days. This is another thing. This is another thing <laughs> with my OCD. I have the hardest time relaxing. Like doing yeah. nothing. It's again this whole like uncertainty. Like I'm like if I just sit here and do nothing, I don't know what's gonna happen. Anything could happen, and I don't yeah. like it. <laughs> so I like I like having like throughout the days speckled activities. Um, Obviously, I do need downtime. Right, right. Recharge yeah. and stuff. And I will be probably laying out by a pool reading a good book. But um, no, doing it the whole time, I think there's also this weird, like, guilt feeling if I let myself relax too much. Like, I feel like I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you, like, for instance, like, every, like, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm mostly, like, an indoor person in terms of, like, like, I don't go out, like, every night or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So whenever I do go out, if I have like a couple off days in a row and I see like a, a hostess or server like working really hard, I, I feel like, yes. um, like, you know, I, I have a job too. Let's just, I know. just, I'm not working just right now. Like it, it feels weird to be in that position of like, so not, not like serve me, but like where, where you're just very passive yes. and yeah, you, you, you know what I mean, right? No, I know exactly what you mean. It's the worst. I'll like over tip because I'm like, please, I'm, I'm, I also work in the service industry. I yeah. know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's just this whole like guilt association, and also it kind of goes to the whole like work thing where like if I'm not working, then okay, I can be writing, but my writing isn't actually contributing anything because I'm not making money off of it. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, is it good? Like, is it a good thing for me to be doing? It's like a big mindset that I'm in right now of like, I need no. It brings me joy, and I do want it to be a career, and I have to work for it, and that means working for it with no income. Right, right, yeah. 
Um, so like when since you are you know going like the professional route with mm-hmm. this, um, are there things that like okay, this is like a, a grad school a grad school um story for Kate, and then there's also like here's my side project that has nothing to do with grad school. Like, do you also because I had that problem at Swanee. I would be in like a creative writing class. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, this isn't something I would ever submit for a grade, but like, I, I kind of want to work on this. Like, like this is for yeah. me. So I, the program I'm in, it's kind of whatever you want to do. I've been really lucky yeah. in that I've read a lot of really great, interesting things that I would never have like picked up to read before um, that people have submitted to have critiques on. And then, yeah, I, I don't really write a whole lot of short stories. I tend to write bigger pieces. And so I've been working on my bigger pieces for this um, master's program. And they kind of like the whole goal of the master program is by the time you graduate, you have like a quote unquote thesis, which is like your manuscript has to be finished. And that can be a collection of short stories. um, Or it can also be a full fledged novel, which is what I want to do. Um, so it just kind of just depends on what you want out of the program. Well, they accept a novella, like a 120 pager, or is that? <laughs> they do have a page requirement, but I think a novella would count. I would need yeah. to check the page requirement again. The The novellas I read just come off like really long short stories yes. more than short books. Um, like basically if Stephen King attempts to write a short story and it's like 150 pages. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we're, uh, we're, we're in the last act of this show. I, I did want to talk about, cause you mentioned, um, in addition to the YouTube content, mm-hmm. uh, Twitch is also something you're potentially interested in. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this, it's also something I want to pivot to just because I, I feel like the, the interactivity of Twitch is something that isn't found on like YouTube or, you know, the, these other services, um, mm-hmm. Do do you also feel like um because we both did some acting back in the day do you kind of feel like you'd be able to get some of that energy out and like sort of like performing in front of an audience like um or we use Twitch is it going to be more like basic and like information? Ooh, I think it depends on what. Like, I could definitely see myself on Twitch like playing one of the horror games and I definitely think I'd probably ham up some of my reactions. (laughs) I'll be honest. I play a horror game. I don't really react like out in my mind. I'll think, God, that was fucking scary. Oh, can I curse? Can I curse? Yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That was fucking scary, but I won't like jump or scream or squeal or whatever. And so I think if I were to do that on Twitch, I definitely would put a bit of performance into it for sure. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally with you. It's like drawing that line because I feel like it's it is obvious when reaction people are faking it and yeah. like doing different poses for the thumbnail, like like yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But at the same time, like the there are some successful streamers who are just like catatonic and just mm-hmm. like stare at the camera. But obviously, those people are very lucky to yes. have gone there. And I feel like you gotta have like some sort of like niche or like gimmick yeah. or something to make you and um you, i mean you cool. might have also thought about that with youtube like because if you're trying to get started now it's like okay but what makes me different like what is yeah. gonna make people click there's, on there's so many horror creators out there like i would just be adding to the giant 
already almost full pool of creators. So it does kind of make you think, but part of me hopes that my commentary and my ideas would be different enough, but sorry, we're not all that creative (laughs) compared to other people. I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like a lot of people would have already said what I said, but I also think, I I also, the part of me is just like, it'd be a good exercise for me. Like it would be a good way to just like test my analysis skills of horror and then to just like word vomit I think would be a really good therapeutic thing for me and it would be a structured like planned out schedule and I think that would also be good for me um I did not plan on talking about this but one one of my goals on like going forward with the show is just like uh, the fun factor. So I, I, I will, since we're talking about horror games and reactions, you want to talk a little bit about um, the uh, super massive uh, <gasps> games. And uh, because uh, we, we both, I started the game. I, I don't know if you finished it. The, the game is called, um, I was about to say until dawn. No, that, that's the other one. It's um, uh, I, I'm blanking. What, what's the, 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 it's, which one? The newest one? The newest the, one, yes. The quarry? Yeah, yeah, the quarry. And mm-hmm. um, it's definitely starting like like a trend because I see a bunch of quarry knockoffs popping yes. up in a Steam store. And when I see the knockoffs, it's like, oh, okay. When you see how other people fail, it just shows how good the studio um, is at doing what they do and how we kind of like take it for granted. So. Um, but yeah, for, for, there's probably listeners who don't know. Um, can you like tell them what Supermassive Games is and like yeah. why they're so much freaking fun? I lo- oh, oh my gosh, I could sing Supermassive Games praises for hours. <laughs> so um, they are a gaming company. Um, I think they're stationed in the UK predominantly, but um, their big thing right now is they have a really popular collection of horror games. Uh, it kind of started with until dawn, um, which came out in 2015, I believe um, maybe a year or two off, but uh, the whole premise of their games is so you have a, a contained story and you have a certain number of characters, usually at least five. And um, the whole point is that they're branching narratives, kind of like the telltale games, but um, it's like, horror survival so like you'll um like the until dawn which is kind of what kickstarted it all that's a bunch of uh high school college friends all get together at a um like private ski lodge that their friend owns because they're rich as hell apparently And, (laughs) and um they start getting killed off and they have until dawn to survive before rescue team comes and gets them and so the whole concept is like you would gather with your friends in front of the tv and you would just pass the controller around depending on who was playing as what character and you would see who in the group survives um and it's so it the writing is so good like the acting is so good i would i would do anything to be a part of a production of one of their next games um i'll make sure and tag them in the the please do uh, please do i have acting experience i have writing experience please (laughs) um but yeah like i feel like um the games have and correct me if i'm like overstating it but like it seems like they legitimately um on the last episode of the show the most recent one i talked to um a content creator named komeyer and he 
um, was talking, we, we talked about basically how games can be so much more than just games. And I feel mm-hmm. like with Until Dawn, that was actually a way for you to connect with a lot of people. I definitely was able to connect with um, people in your sorority and stuff with that. And I feel like a lot of people take it for granted, like, oh, you, you just want to, like, see people get killed off. or But it's like, yeah. you know, like with, with this genre of gaming, it's it's actually very social. And you learn new things about your friends in the process. It's incredibly social. And I'm so glad you brought up college because I miss those days. I truly, truly do. Just because of that, because I loved being able to be like, I have a horror video game that we can all play together. And people be like, well, I've never played a video game before or I'm really bad. And I'm like, no, like these games are tailored so that you don't have to have gaming experience and you can still really enjoy yourself. Um, and yeah, you do learn things because your choices as your character throughout the game can get somebody else killed later and you don't know yeah. until it's too late. Um, so it is really interesting. And I, it's one of my favorite activities to get a good group of friends and just sit in front of a TV and put one of the games in and see what happens. Have you ever managed to get your um, your folks or siblings to like play one of it? Because oh, I feel like yes, we yeah. have a tr- we have a family tradition. So anytime we go on a family vacation, we take one of the games. Oh, nice, nice. And we play it. <laughs> it's very entertaining. We have yet to get my parents into it. Um, but when I was talking about the quarry um, when it came out, and I was talking about how particularly why I love the quarry so freaking much, and how I think they just totally upped the ante for everybody else who makes games like this is that the ability to go into settings and be like, okay, I want this specific character who let's say I'm playing as to be really hard. Like I want the quick time events to be really quick and I want to have a greater chance of dying. But then I have a friend who's like, Oh, I don't really play that many games and I don't want it to be that difficult that I could go into settings for that character and go, okay, let's dial back and make it a little easier. That's so cool. Like it's so specific to each person and makes it so enjoyable no matter where you are on like the gaming level of things. Yeah. It it is a thing to where like, I I feel like if you enjoy watching movies and getting surprised in movies, you will be able to enjoy these games. If, as long as there's someone who knows how to operate a controller or a keyboard or whatever, because it's, it's like the perfect marriage between uh, movies and gaming. It's it's basically a, a, a a movie you control almost. Absolutely. That's kind of how they advertised it. Cause they even do have the whole like movie option where you can, put in the character traits that you want for each character and then go okay play movie and you can literally watch the quarry like a movie it's so cool so um yeah if if you're listening to this and have not checked out super massive do you think um that until dawn is a good starting point or do you think the quarry is a good starting point what what, what do you think new beginners should uh explore I, hmm, i think beginners Okay, if you, um, this is, okay, so I am always going to advocate for Until Dawn. I will say there is a bit of um, more like user friendliness to the quarry, um, just because they had so many games before the quarry that they were able to kind of figure out what worked and what didn't work um, for their kind of games. Um, but the story of Until Dawn is just chef kiss. It's just so good. And there's great scares and there's great characters. Don't get me wrong. The quarry is the same way. I'm obsessed with it. I'm on my fifth playthrough of it right now. Um, and I don't know. I just think 
Until Dawn was the first, so I'm going to have to say that one. Yeah. Go, go check out Until Dawn. And no, we are not being paid by Supermassive Games. We're just, we're just fans. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Hire goal. Me. That's the Hire dream. me. Um, but yeah, I think we, we've reached the end of, uh, today's episode. Yeah. We, I think, uh, you know, off, off mic, Kate and I often talk about how, like, it's just so frustrating when you have ideas and things, but just Mm -hmm. like, just putting it out there. And then like, what I really don't want to do, I see a lot of people like start big projects and then get like, have a lot of momentum going, but then they stop at a certain point. So yeah. like I, I want to make sure that when I put something out there, it's something I can continue. That's that's like I I don't want it to be just like a flash in a pan, you know. Yes, hundred um, percent. Yeah. Um. Is is there uh, are are there any closing notes? Are there any things we probably uh probably next time you'll be on the show, I'll probably be asking you about what is married life like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll be asking you if you're if you're glad wedding planning is over. You you might wanna you might wanna go into wedding planning professionally. Who knows? Maybe you realize it, you you miss it once it's all over. You're like, Maybe. I do love to plan a good party. Yeah, you'll be like, I need to call some florists. I I feel something <laughs> missing right now. Um, did you guys pick out a photographer like months ago? Yes. What what is that like? Since you do photography yourself, was was mm-hmm. was it like? Did you like kind of have to like find someone who like fits your style? Or like, uh, what was your, what was your process? It, it was a mixture of style and then talking to the photographer and finding out, it's going to sound so bad, but it's true. Finding out if I could be around them for a day, <laughs> like if, or if they oh were going to be the kind of person that made me anxious. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. That's something I don't think people tell you when it comes to hiring people for your wedding is you need to realize they're going to be there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So you better like them as people, yep. not just their work. Um, they're going to be calling you, texting you, all sorts yes. of things. Like, like, so, so, like, personality matters in this industry. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we're, we're definitely going to chat once, um, once the wedding is over. And yeah, I just want to put this out there for anyone struggling with projects right now. You have like a sock drawer novel a play, a book, a, a game you're working on. Just like, uh, I just want to let everyone know that it's okay, that it's not out there and it doesn't necessarily even ever have to be out there. And I just want everyone to be easier on themselves because it's really hard to put stuff out there. Now I think it's harder than it's ever been. There's mm-hmm. like oversaturation and pressure to be perfect. So um, I think just like being creative, in and of itself is an accomplishment. So, uh, yeah, go easy on yourself, listeners. It's 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 okay. You're, you're doing a good job. Um, any any final words, Kate? Um, go play until dawn and get them to hire me. <laughs> yes, everyone at Super. No, but let, let, let's let's not do that. They're gonna <laughs> Don't, I want if I'm gonna work for them, it's because I earned it, not because yeah. we were heckling them. <laughs> Right, they're like, oh god, they're so annoying. I guess, I guess we'll bring them in to do like shading or something. Uh, something we can, yeah. But, I, um, I just, I want to be a final girl. That's my goal. We're, you're, you're, you're slowly, you're slowly making it happen. Um, sooner or later, people are gonna look back on this and be like, oh my gosh, this is that episode she recorded before she launched. 
the YouTube and Twitch. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, we're, we're, we, we, we both think we're going to make it. We, we, we believe in each other and that's yeah. most of what you need, I think. But, um, that has been today's episode of Culture Shock Therapy. My name is Mary Jane Provost. With me today was the one and only. Kate Shoemaker. And we hope you all have a wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you're listening to this. And we will see you on the next episode. Goodbye.